box, office, refund, box office refund podcast. Hello and welcome to box office refund podcast. I'm Nico Bell. And I'm Ward. And we review low rated movies. And decide if the critics were wrong. Ward, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. How are you? I am good. Are you are you ready to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze? Uh, is it Ooze? I thought it was OZ. I thought this was an Australian thing. That's why their accents were funny. It's not The Secret of OZ, <laughs> Australia. Is that not what they intended? Secret of the Ooze. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. Oh, my gosh. Uh, first of all, I need to say the cartoon theme song has been in my head for a few days now. Yes. Did you watch these movies when you were younger? Oh, of course I did, multiple times. Oh, multiple times. That's that's right. It's very strange watching it now as an adult. When the last time I even thought about it, I was a kid. Would you say they held up? Well, I, I will... You know, I, I can't give a thorough answer on this, but I remember as a kid liking the first one a lot more. This one, just as a kid, I remember it just seeming not as good as the first one. Couldn't verbalize why as a kid, and I've not gone back and seen the first one since I was a kid. But I'm pretty sure that sentiment holds up. Well, the first one was so much, like, darker, and it was more violent. And then I think, like, Jim Henson, because he did all the puppetry and everything, was a little upset about that since his name was attached to it, and parents were saying it was too violent. So when they did Secret of the Ooze, they kind of watered it down to give a more kid-friendly take on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That wasn't Jim Henson, wasn't it just... The people that own the property are like, oh man, if we tone it down, we can really get this merchandising money train going. Well, they were really excited that it did so well that they pushed this out within yeah, a year this came of the first one coming out. So they the were definitely one. capitalizing. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely capitalizing on it. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Secret of the Ooze. Oh, I guess we should just jump right in. Let's do it. To the, the- what, what, did you, did you watch this as a kid? Were you a big turtle oh, head yeah, as a kid? I, I absolutely watched this as a kid. I wasn't a big ner- turtle fan because um, I'm a girl and I was very stereotypically girl. <laughs> so I believe Ninja Turtles crosses gender boundaries. Remember they had April. That was you know, to include all the girls in there. The token female. No, no. What is April? Is April a love interest to Michelangelo? I don't think I ever fully understood. She's a reporter. She's just a she's a female friend of the turtles. A female friend of the turtles. Okay. I mean, the love also, interest opens up a whole lot of avenues that I'm not even sure we can begin to discuss. That's that's complicated. Well, I always thought that. Well, I never really considered them teenagers until I watched this movie right now as an adult, and now I see them in kind of a different yeah, light. Yeah, because they're really annoying, always, like teenagers. Yeah, they're very annoying like teenagers, at least in this movie. But I never really, like, thought about it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, they're supposed to be, like, really immature and stupid and making bad jokes and stuff. So, okay. Movie starts out with one of the best intros ever, showing us, you know, a snapshot of New York City as we pan from scene to scene of people eating pizza. Because <laughs> that's apparently no, like, how but, everything... I mean, every scene, people... A slice of pizza that's a foot wide, shoving it into their faces. I don't know how many of that times that happened. Six, seven, eight times in a row. Yeah. And at first I thought, oh, this is a riff on you know kind of montage you usually get opening movies given a place setting. I thought, you know, it's turtles, it's pizza. Then I thought, I don't know this movie. I watched the whole movie. It doesn't seem that smart. So I think they're just like, oh, turtles, pizza. We need pizza in here. We got to do it. And it's New York, so they think like that's all we think about New York is that people sit around and eat pizza. Uh, that's not in all that happens street. in New York. I, don't, I mean, I, don't I always know. want to go to New York <laughs> just to eat pizza. Now I'm just gonna eat a slice of pizza and leave. 
There's yeah, nothing else there. Pretty much. Yeah. So the delivery guy sees a uh, robbery in action, and we find out that he has ninja skills. But, okay. like, let's talk about this robbery. He sees the robbery because there's two vans. Every single door on the vans are open, and their TV is just sitting right next to the vans. Uh, yep. You know, I don't know how this... The kid's probably the only person dumb enough like, oh, that's actually a robbery. I need to investigate more. Everybody's New York's like, oh, robbery, let's get out of here. And then when he finds the robbers, I don't know, there's 20, 30, 40 of them. How do they fit in all those, those two vans? There's a mathematical problem. Oh, he knew that he could take on them because he has mad ninja fighting skills. He knew it. He wasn't intimidated at all. The actor guy who played this played one of the turtles in the previous movie, and they liked him so much that they made this role for him. Like, they made up an entire character just so that he could be in the movie as himself doing his ninja moves. That, and they had to get worth rid of it. Casey Jones because he was too violent. Yes, exactly. Yes, totally worth it. <laughs> and yeah, another thing before this movie is that, if you notice, the turtles rarely, if ever, use their weapons because, again, we have to tone down the violence for the children. I guess I never about that but yeah you're right they really don't the only weapon used i believe is michelangelo in this sequence where he uses combat cold cuts combat cold cuts yes and the turtles who are supposed to be in hiding and never be seen are always out and about and they're out and about this time and they save the day and that's sort of our intro into the turtles even in this scene there are just so many quips by the turtles this movie i'm not sure i've ever seen so many quips and poor puns in a movie and another thing, there's like a lot of bits in the movie where the plot, the action, everything comes to a grinding halt. We'll focus on a character or two that has nothing to do with the movie at all. We never see them other than this one little bit, and they make some corny joke. I don't know if that's just a trope of the 90s, or this is just a trope of Ninja Turtles of this movie, but it's just, it's not good. It's kid-friendly. It's kid-stupid. It's kid-friendly. Mm. So, that's basically our intro into them. But what I like is kind of what follows, because then we get to see that the turtles are living with April. And to give anybody out there who doesn't know what each turtle personality is, April goes around the house picking up after them, and each object that she picks up is a representation of each turtle's personality. So she finds, like, a fake snake, and she picks it up, and she's like, ugh, Michelangelo. And she goes through every single turtle's personality. So now we know what each one brings to the table. I like that. There's like, hey, you didn't watch the first movie? We've got you covered. We'll give you a quick cliff notes right here. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. And they're all hanging out with April in her apartment. And again, like, is she like a mother figure to them? Yeah, uh, she's kind she, of a mother. A mother, okay. Like a mother figure. I guess since they're teenagers. I always thought that Michelangelo had a crush on her. Well, I think, I think that, they all do was, to a degree. Ugh, it's kind of creepy now that I really think of them yeah, as Yeah, but the fact is, though, any male-female living situation like that, I think it's going to give rise to feelings nine times out of ten. And just because they're turtles, that doesn't matter. That's just a gender thing, not a species thing <laughs> i'm sorry i'm just i'm just wrapping my I'll head around heavy, what you're laying down tonight <laughs> is this how it's gonna be because i don't know if i can but you're this. the one that brought it up i'm just explaining in a way okay i'm sorry <laughs> okay uh we also get to see okay uh the rat the rat is splinter. um not, uh, splinter i always get him confused splinter and shredder well, are splinter, you familiar with marvel's daredevil yeah, and you uh-huh. know there's the stick or no stick and the hand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, Ninja Turtles is directly mocking Daredevil. That's why there's Splinter who is mocking stick and the foot mocking the hand. 
Like, the Ninja Turtles was a very low-budget comic back in the 80s, and the guys just wanted to make fun of the current state of comic books and superheroes. And look at them now. They built a whole industry off of it. Well, you know, the the creators actually, there are a lot of things they did not like about this movie and didn't want to happen in this movie. But I, I don't really know who, why, how control worked, but there are a lot of things they did not like about this movie. Well, I mean, they had to dumb it down. Oh, yeah. They had to make it, like, G or PG or whatever. And the intriguing thing is the original story on the ooze was that it was not created by a company. It was alien in origin. You know what's weird? Okay, so I read that. I did not know that. But have you seen, like, the new, I think, Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Did you watch all those? No, I saw a poster. I was like, yeah, I think I've seen enough. I think I got it. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah me too. That was my take. But from what I've been told, it is, like, alien-based, that the, the turtles are alien. And everybody kind of gave a lot of crap about that, but they are alien. Like, they come from an alien ooze. Well, the turtles so, aren't alien. They are fully American. But their origins okay. are alien-based. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> but they come from an alien ooze. Like, aliens dropped it or something like that. So everybody, like, criticizing this you know, newer version is actually, what, incorrect because the origin story really is. So, yeah. So, I thought that was interesting. Um, Okay. Back to our our little story here. Uh, The the, I keep saying the mouse. The rat. Can I talk about the rat's origin story? So, he... I'm sorry. I don't know a lot about the turtles. (laughs) Again, they were not my thing growing up. But he turned into a, a mutant rat when the turtles turned into a mutant rat. Am, am I to believe that he was just old no, and no. wise? No, no. This is awesome. This is from the first movie. I remember this distinctly, and I was explaining this to my okay, son please. who I watched this movie with. In the first movie, uh, Splinter the rat, he was like a normal size rat. He was the pet of some ninja training guy. Don't know his name. Um, and that guy was enemies with Shredder before Shredder was Shredder. And so Shredder mm. killed Splinter's master and splinter escape don't know how he got to new york maybe they were both i don't think they were both in new york. i don't know but so the coolest part about that is that splinter learned ninjutsu by as a pet rat in his cage watching his master practice ninjutsu oh. and they actually show a rat doing ninja moves and it's not yeah. corny it's not for comedy the movie plays it straight up and you know from my recollection i still remember that scene so actually it was a good one Okay, so that's and so what he happens. trained how the turtles. The, uh, you know, how does he get the little uh, little bite mark in his ear? How did that happen? Ooh, that was something from the first movie. I don't recall. Is that did oh Splinter no no I think that to him? yeah Splinter or no Shredder did that to him. They they fought. I think when Shredder, Shredder killed Splinter's master, Splinter although being a rat and two inches tall had to avenge. But that's difficult fighting a six foot man, and it didn't go well. Right. Okay. All right. So okay, I got that. So then he became mutant the same time as the I turtles. don't know if that's true or not. Be- I assume it did, but I I don't factually remember what happened there. But he had to. But have. they ended up teaming up, and that and so the, the rat is the like the father figure. Yep. Okay. All right. Got it. Now now it all makes perfect sense. Crystal clear. Okay. Um. So we, uh, I, I don't really know what's going on with them. They, they have to leave. Well, I want to jump in here because you're getting a little bit ahead of what I want to talk Is about. Is it? Okay, go ahead. All right. So we, in April's apartment, the turtles, all that, I would guess, just from what I'm saying, they've been living there, I don't know, six months to a year. They've been living there a while from what I see. We then cut to the Foots hideout. And, like, I don't know, the the ball, like, second commander is like, man, you know, they killed Shredder, things are bad. It's like, wait, he's talking like Shredder just died yesterday. From what I saw in the Turtles, 
that's not true. Then we cut to Shredder, who's in a garbage dump, and he reaches his hand out oh, like, yeah. you know, uh, Return of the Living Dead style. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. he shows up at the foot base, and they all gasp at his face, which was really a missed opportunity. I really wanted to see his face. We only ever see it with his mask on. But they're facial scars, and they're completely healed, which, again, makes me question mm-hmm. the timeline. And the fact is, the issue was that he was crushed in a garbage tray. I think facial scars are the least of your worries in that scenario. And there's just a lot of things that makes no sense. And I have to imagine they must have shot a lot of footage, and that's the best they could wrangle out of it. <laughs> like, it's right. just, none I of it makes any that. sense. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but, but then they cut to the mutant dandelion scene. So April is doing a story on some scientific laboratory, yep. I think. Where uh, I get, I guess it's the ooze. It's the yeah. ooze company. Whatever, <laughs> whoever's responsible. Yeah, they, they for are the presenting themselves as a responsible chemical company. They're cleaning up the messes they've created because you know they've leaked ooze all over the city. But now they're cleaning up. They're just not divulging exactly how much ooze has leaked everywhere. And I don't know because they're kind of exactly. they're setting up this scientist, and it's a little silly. He's wearing a bow tie, like kind of your typical, ca- uh, you know, casting central scientist. And they make him seem like a little evil because he's covering stuff up, but it, it's a little bit, you know, typical way. It's like, who doesn't do that, right? Uh, so I was a little disappointed that he, I don't know, I thought there'd be more to it than there was. But apparently in one iteration of the script, he was actually an alien in disguise, which gives that Ooh. scene a little bit more weight because it seemed like there was something planned for him, but then nothing pans out. Yeah. And the, best, uh, the reason yeah, okay, why they didn't do that he's really an alien is that Whoever's making this movie thought kids would confuse it with Krang on the cartoon, who is a disembodied brain inside a robot. Okay. This is why I did not get into this when I was younger. I just, this was not resonating with me. Okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, so the uh, the mutant dandelion scene, we find out that it's leaking, and obviously this is the ooze that has made the turtles the turtles. And we also find out that the news guy is a spy, and he's actually part of... Oh, brother, Splinter, Sh- Shredder, Shredder's, Shredder's henchman. The Foot Clan. And he's spying on April. Yeah. They're everywhere. Okay. You know, they're right behind you. They're right beside you. They might be right in front of you. They're your coworkers. They're your siblings. The Foot is okay. everywhere. The Foot is everywhere. And they actually, you know, the, the movie doesn't really show this, but I have to imagine, you know, they, have, they hold tryouts. I imagine they had commercials and posters and flyers and because everybody knows about this tryout, everybody except the cops. And I just think that's yeah. awesome that they're obviously advertising it. And the cops are like, yeah, I'm pretty sure the foot's done. Shredder's crushing a garbage truck. Nobody could survive that. Yeah, there's a lot of people that show up for tryouts. <laughs> and they do their awesome career. But aren't you disappointed the turtles- that we don't see Shredder's face? Because you know, they make a big deal of it. Oh, yeah. All we see are a few scars. Absolutely. But I mean, I understand. It's, you know, obviously, again, they're trying to make a kid friendly. So, and it's part of the mystery of it, you know, to never really know. So, yeah, I was disappointed. As an adult, I was disappointed. As a kid, I was probably grateful that I didn't have to see the horrors of his terrible accident. I'm sure sure I was disappointed then and now. (laughs) I'm sure you were, too. Uh, So the turtles are going to go to the laboratory place to learn about the ooze. Well, one one important footnote about the ooze. You know, Splinter reveals that, oh, I guess I should tell you now that it's on the TV. I know all about this chemical company, the ooze. Hey, here's this canister I've been hiding in my coat for 15 years. Uh, he had a canister? Yeah, he had a broken canister. Dude, like the canister that created them, he kept it, and he just happened to have it in his coat. 15 years. You know, 
I have to say, a lot of this movie did not stick in my brain. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> I watched the movie. I took the notes on the movie. And a lot of it didn't, didn't stick around. So. I, it's really not <laughs> a... It's not very deep. It's not very challenging. It's not something that would stick around. But, you know, Don right. and Teller really discovers that, oh, their origin is they're just a chemical accident. And he's disappointed. And, you know, we all are. We all are disappointed. Donatello, we wished your origin was better too. It'd be really cool if your origin was really aliens mind that, or something. Though, that it was a chemical accident. Like, how else are they going to be mutant aliens? I like the chemical accident better than the alien. That seems absurd to me. Yeah. But like, oh, some waste fell and they got into it. Okay, yeah, that's a believable. It makes perfect sense. It happens story. all the time. I mean, just go to the sewers, look at the turtles down there. They are huge. It all makes sense. That is way more believable than a bunch of aliens drop some ooze from their spaceship and then disguise himself as a scientist to go find, what, the rest of it? Like, that doesn't make any no, sense to I me. agree. So it, okay. it cleans things up nicely. Just simplify it, streamline it. It works for me. So the scientist has been kidnapped. The ooze has been taken. The turtles go to find it. And we get like a, a, we get a fight scene. We get a pretty good, interesting fight really, scene. Really? There's a good fight scene uh, where? Where the, uh, so the foot comes and... They, there's like one canister of ooze less. The the scientist guy is getting rid of the ooze. Oh, they play hot you know, how he the has his, like, That is not a good fight scene. Uh, well, it is a fight scene, and <laughs> there was fighting. Well, a cool fact about the fighting. The actors in the turtle suits could not see very well, so during fight scenes, they would just throw punches and kicks, and if you pay attention, the Foot Clan, they just jump in front of the punches and kicks. That sounds about right. Yeah, uh, I the, <laughs> I wrote the, that the ninja vanishes by throwing a smoke bomb as if that was going to confuse them. This little tiny smoke bomb goes off, the ninja vanishes, and they realize now that the one canister is, that has been left is now gone. And so is the scientist, I think. Yep. That's where it happened. Yep, that's correct. Okay. But, what do they care? Like, there's one canister. Who, who cares? Well, I mean, he wants to use it for all of his terrible plans. Like, you know, he gets those animals and he puts them in that makeshift yeah, shed. Yeah, How and far he can you really go him. with that? You know? And he feeds him the ooze. Yeah. I don't know. But he stole the scientist, too, who is making it in the shed. So he's got plans. He's got something. Okay. So the, the turtles are now have to find a new place to live because they no longer feel like it's safe for them and for April for them to be living in the apartment anymore. Technically, they're not even supposed to be showing their faces around any place, but I feel like everybody in that world knows that there are mutant turtles running around saving the day, so it seems silly to me that they have to go into hiding. But they go back down to the sewer. And they find a lovely place <laughs> where, like, an old subway car is broken down, and that's where they make their How home. How many kids do you think are like, man, I need to go to the sewers and go on the subway because there's cool things down there. I want to live there. I'm sure we have lost many kids to this movie because of it. Well, that and the mutant turtles in the sewers. Right, of course. Now, the part where we see all the bad people and Shredder... Well, there's no bad people. They're just misunderstood. They just wanted a sense of belonging. They joined the foot aspiring to reach heights they never reached before. They're not bad. That's okay. an injustice called them. Like Shredder, I guess Shredder's bad. We really don't know much about his backstory either. We don't know what personal trials he's going through. I mean, the dude was crushed in a garbage truck. He's going through some stuff. But I feel like they kill people. Yes? Does he? There's like murders. Who'd he kill? <laughs> I, I think, 
I think that they're bad. I mean, he wanted to kill people, death. but he technically did not kill people, I don't think. Well, maybe not in this movie, but I feel like the whole world of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, somewhere along the lines, there has been Well, like, like in the first movie, again, it's been a long time since I've watched it. But I remember the, from my memory, the big thing the Foot Clan did was they were just kind of like petty thieves. Like, they had like a racketeering and smuggling outfit going on. I mean, that's really not bad. I mean, you look at the current climate of today's world, that's not that bad. Okay, I'm going to let you just go ahead and... Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the plan was in the bit. first movie. I think Shredder just wanted to kill Ninja Turtles because they are mutants, and, you know, we try to kill things we don't understand, I believe, is the crux of the first movie. All right. So the two animals that Shredder has decided to mutate are a wolf and a snapping turtle. Now, I watched this with my child as well, and uh, we were taking bets before we saw the animals on what there was going to be. Neither one of us thought a snapping turtle would have would have made it into the the animals that get made into large animals. Um, but I have to say, my child was very delighted that the large animals were actually babies mentally, and he was kind of cracking up. So I think this works on some level for kids, you know? Like, it had some fun jokes, some fun little plots for the for the kids uh, to No, no, anything that was intended to be comedy that generally I found pretty important, my kid ate up. He loved it. Did he like that the little wolf and the oh, snapping turtle were oh, babies no and they were calling him mama? Like, any joke <laughs> this movie thrust in our faces that I found just repulsive myself, I was like, oh, man, that's hilarious. Okay. Well, yeah, I wondered, obviously I'm going deep on a movie that never went deep. Now, the scientist yeah. is working in a junkyard. Could the, like, non-sterile lab environment have an effect on his whole experiment? Could that be the problem here? Well, we know what the problem is later. We know that he sabotaged he did? it. Yeah, he made them babies on purpose to buy some time. Really? I didn't know that. When, when did we get into that one? Oh, it, it, it comes up later in the end when he kind of gets rescued by the turtles. Right now, what's happening is that the pizza guy that we saw at the Kino. beginning has... Yes, him. He is. Uh, he got recruited to be in the Well, ta talking about so, the turtle and wolf, uh, Yes, the Ninja Turtle canon is... You know, these guys were Toka and Razor. The Ninja Turtle canon is Bebop and Rocksteady. I believe a warthog and a rhinoceros. Seems about right. But the creators of Ninja Turtles, they refused to let Bebop and Rocksteady be sullied in this movie. <laughs> wow. I mean, All like, right. the, whole, the whole presentation is just... And this movie is not subtle in the least. You know, Shredder sees his creations. He's excited. He's like, ah, you will call me master. And these things, if they're babies, I don't know how they would know language. But one of them goes, ma, ma, mama. But yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't know snapping turtles had that kind of concept going on, especially a baby snapping turtle. But here we are. Is that the, the problem for you? Like, is that your big issue? No, actually, I actually that's... think that's like the penultimate point of the movie. The, like the very touching, emotional center that, you know, they these creatures who Shredder's born to be menaces, they just want to be loved. They want to love somebody and be loved by somebody. And that could have oh been Shredder, gosh. but you know, Shredder... I mean, look, the guy's dealing with stuff. He's crushing a garbage truck. It's... You just, oh that's not gosh. something you come back from. And he's dealing with some things. You keep mentioning and he it. just... He wasn't, wasn't able to love them the way they needed to be loved. And if he could, I think we could have a much different outcome in this movie. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, the pizza guy goes... <laughs> And he's working with Raphael, and they end up getting caught 
that oh, they yeah, I mean, their they wanted to infiltrate the foot, which, I mean, sure, like, right. what, what else are we going to do in this movie? But I love that Ralph is hiding, I don't know, five feet away, and Keenan's like, every two seconds, like, hey, guys, hold on. I'm going to go five feet over here and talk to this giant <laughs> turtle. Nobody will notice. <laughs> and the fact that the foot advertises this whole meetup, and, you know, there's no law enforcement. Where is the law enforcement in this movie? They are nowhere. They don't need to be any place. They have the turtles to fight their battles for them. Apparently. Um, so they get caught, and there's another fight scene with, you know, Raphael, and he's doing all of his fights, and the kid runs back to tell the others what has happened. Oh, boy. Tension's mounting. There's so many nonsensical quips in this, and there's just running gag with uh, Donatello trying to create a phrase by, you know, just throwing in big SAT words. And, you know, I, just thought, I thought that was really fetch of him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Splinter saves the turtles while saving... I have in my notes. I say Splinter saves turtles while saving Raphael saves scientist. I don't. I don't know. All I know Everybody is that save. they escape. They escape their their fight with the foot by going down into a sewer, and nobody goes after them. Oh uh, no! No, and I don't understand that. Uh, the snapping turtle tried to go after him, but he his shell was so big he got stuck in the um, opening, so nobody could follow. That's right. You're and right. I believe I'm to get sorry, him out, they right. shot him, didn't they? Just shot him point blank in the head, and that how they got him out. Oh wait, oh, no! Stop. They never show that. <laughs> Okay. They made turtle soup. Everybody ate it. It was delicious. No, and that's not. It's what a happened. lot of foot soldiers to feed. You know, they got to be thinking ahead. That would be a neat subplot if that was like Shredder's ultimate plan. Like, I just need some big just food because I got a big group of people to feed here. And like, and the turtles, like their whole steaks. thing is just, well, we need to save these mutants because they're mutants like us, and it's inhumane to kill animals. And they had that whole subplot. Man, that movie would be something very different, and very awesome. I would watch that movie. I'm not going to lie. I would totally do it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, the um, the big turtle and the wolf are released. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I got back up. Uh, you know, Raphael is uh, defeated and caught when he's trying to infiltrate the gang. You know, I think this may be the uh, well, a very quoted scene. You know, the turtles are sneaking in and they're going to a trap. They have to save Raphael because unity and all that stuff. And they're going in and like, oh, it's a little quiet. A little too quiet. No, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah, a little too blah, blah. Hey, look, it's Rob. Yeah, a little too Rob. Like, that is like the level of dialogue in this movie, the level of quips. It's very... I, I, don't, I don't know if the writer thought, wow, I hate teenagers. How can I bring them to life in a script to show how horrible they are? I don't know. I just don't think he's ever been around a teenager. I just feel like he's never interacted with one to know yeah, what really yeah, It's probably those things. Would be. I mean, this is what, early 90s. He probably was walking through a mall on Friday night, and that was his exposure to teenagers. He's like, yep, I know, I know exactly how to write this thing. I've got it. Probably. The big turtle and the wolf are released onto the city. They start doing all sorts of craziness as a way to, like, just warn the turtles, just to let them know that they're out there wreaking havoc. Um, and we get kind of closer to the final showdown. Uh, the scientist, this is when the scientist tells them, because now the scientist is safe and down in the sewers with them, and he tells them that he specifically changed the ooze so that they're babies, even though by now the babies are causing all sorts of destruction. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, I don't, if I'm a scientist, maybe I make it so the ooze doesn't actually work or only makes them two feet tall instead of seven feet tall. I, I don't know. Maybe he could have been a little more ambitious on that plan. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of things. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So Michelangelo, I think it's Michelangelo, uh, has an idea on how to fix this problem. Because the scientist is like, look, guys, 
I made a big mistake. I got these big animals. But if you give them this, like, potion or whatever and get them to eat it, they'll turn small again. That seems, that seems like a good idea to me. Yeah, so, it doesn't seem Michael at all Lynch, forced. The, the problem he's created is very easily reversed. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so the pro- so Michelangelo's like, well, let's put your magical pill. I think it's a like a pill, yeah. a, giant a giant pill, pill. In, in, a, in a donut. And that's their plan. So they're going to try to get these awesome, big, huge uh, animals to eat their pre-fight donuts with them and then get some. Yeah, you know, like, it, and, it's actually ingenious. Like, oh, man, how do we get to eat it? Well, obviously the pre-fight donut would be the perfect way to introduce the, the pill to them. And it works. Exactly. Everyone just stands by and watches them eating their donuts. Uh, nothing wrong here. <laughs> but you know what? Unfortunately, the, the animals aren't as stupid as everyone thinks they are, and they find it. They find the antidote in it, and they get very, very mad. Now listen, this is perhaps the, the only reason that I stuck out this movie as long as I did, because now we get to see Vanilla Ice, <laughs> who, I'm not going to lie, I absolutely loved... I listened to all of his music. I danced along to him. He is amazing. He's in this movie. He is dancing. It is fantastic. I absolutely love it. I mean, really, he's the unsung okay. hero of this movie. What he does in this movie really is not talked about enough. He is performing, I'm sure, as, as his contract, turtles and wolves and snapping turtles and shredders and mice spill onto the dance floor. And Vanilla Ice, undaunted, decides to craft a rhyme and a rap on the spot about the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, because he's so super talented. You know, I said the point where Shredder wanted to love and be loved was a penultimate point of the movie. I don't know. I think this is a good argument that maybe this is a penultimate point of the movie, that Mel Ice is really the unsung hero of the movie. Yeah, I mean, he distracts them so that the turtles can fight them. He's doing all of this incredible music and dancing in the background. It's fantastic. So when Vanilla Ice came on the set, I read that there one of the one of the turtles was like a big fan, and he went up to hug him and say hello. In costume. And he was what? in costume. Oh yeah, yeah, he was in costume, and Vanilla Ice's bodyguards like pushed him back, and the turtle got really angry and started fighting. So on set, they had all of his security guards and four grown men dressed as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in a brawl on set for like five minutes. They had to break them all apart. I wish that somebody was filming that and put that on after the credits rolled because that would have been amazing. Well, do you know what one of the turtle actors said? Vanilla Ice's bodyguards got lucky because they're about to get their butts beaten. (laughs) Butts beaten. (laughs) I love that so much. I wish that that is something that we could see. (laughs) That would be great. This club scene, though, you know, I talked about the bits this movie has. This club scene is one of them where it has nothing to do with the story. Maybe they had to pad the runtime. I don't know. But there's a guy that we assume is a club owner, and he calls us like, hey, call the cops or animals on the dance floor. Because obviously that's his concern. He don't want to scuff up the dance floor. Sure. And so then yeah. the lackey comes back. He's like, hey, I got the cops on the phone. He's like, why do you have the cops on the phone? The people love it. We have to give them what they want. I mean, it's not very funny. It has nothing to do with anything. And the movie does it a lot. And I just I don't know why. I don't know where this method came from it's just a way to pad the movie like well man we gotta we gotta get this up to an hour and a half i don't know how long this thing is too long (sighs) it's long because uh now we get to the burping part which again i i don't know this is just not my this is not my stuff this is not my this is the wheelhouse of the movie man you have have like uh prepubescent boys oh this is the wheelhouse right here 
I know, right? Because if the burp, if the wolf and the snapping turtle burp, it counteracts whatever is in them, and then it re- it, they need to reintroduce oxygen. Carbon I don't dioxide. know what And that's it science, is. dog. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that, like, a fire extinguisher is used. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is that how they get back to little? Yep. Yep. Is- nailed it. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's how they do it. <laughs> okay. I thought I might have missed something. No, nope. you got okay, every that's... single point on that. Okay. All right. So they have their coordinated dancing. They go on the stage. Shredder breaks into the stage. I mean, all sorts of stuff is going on. Um, but the scientist ends up picking up the ooze that has been kicked around all over the place. Mike Alangelo is playing a key guitar. Key guitar. Yep. <laughs> and the bass causes Shredder to fly through the air and out the window. This is my biggest issue with the movie that... A sound wave propels Shredder across the dance floor, through a wall, into some kind of harbor. It is, in a movie full of ridiculousness, this is by far the most ridiculous. Yeah, it's Really, really broke the movie. Like, no longer could I believe what this movie was selling. They all, like, fall all over the place, right? And we have yet another hand up through the wreckage of Shredder. You know, like, because we just don't get enough of this awful cliché. Um, so Shredder has the last, uh, last ooze. He got his hands on it. And then the turtles say something like, don't forget we're turtles. And then they jump into the water. Well, you were like skipping over so much stuff here. Did I skip over stuff? I feel like I did Let me repaint this a little bit. (laughs) You know, Shredder is thrown into the harbor. The turtles go to investigate. Shredder, he gets onto the dock. He has ingested the ooze. And so what, ha- what took, I don't know, like three or four years for Token Ra- Razor to get big, it takes Shredder two seconds. He is three times the size of normal, and he's absolutely jacked. And so, I don't know, I assumed he wanted to destroy the turtles. Instead, he knocks down with his fist all the columns of the dock to crush himself. I None of it makes any sense. I thought we were going to get this epic showdown of turtles versus Super Shredder. I don't even know what happened. It's like, it's like, hey, man, we got we ran out of money. We've got two hours to finish the final scene. Uh, how about sure just kills himself? Because I'm really hungry. I want lunch, guys. Let's just do that real quick. It is unfulfilling. It is ridiculous. It's insulting. I mean, there's not even a fight. Shredder just kills himself. Enough. I don't... Did the ooze make him stupid or something? What happened? I don't know. <laughs> because all he does is just knock the comms off the, the dock to kill himself. That's it. And the turtles, before the dock collapses, they jump into the water. They're like, oh, aren't we glad we're turtles? Well, I'm pretty sure anybody's legs could just jump into the water off the dock. That's not a turtle thing. That's just a yeah. I don't want to die thing. Yeah, I didn't get that, but I didn't. that's the only quote I wrote down because I was like, why does that matter that they're turtles? Because I'm pretty sure lots of people can jump into water. It's stupid. But yeah, they jump How into the water. How is there not even a final fight? Tumbling. Like, why don't the turtles like, oh, man, he's coming for us. Let's knock down the columns to cry. Shredder does this for them. What in the world? Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. I mean, he was lifting it up so that it would all fall down on the turtles. But yeah, he does end up crushing himself. Well, no, he's not really lifting it up to crush the turtles because he's punching the columns there in his immediate vicinity. Well, I think his thought process is that the whole dock is going to fall down and that the turtles are going to be damaged and that he is so big and, you know, mean and lean that it's not going to affect him. That was what I was thinking at the end there. I just thought he was a moron at this point. Well, he is stupid. a moron. Yes. Uh, yeah, but then the hand comes back up one more time and falls down. So, now um, we're at the end. Yay! 
you can tell that this was not my favorite movie to watch, I gotta tell you. Uh, but they're watching the news, and, you know, there's reports of the turtles, and um, Splinters just says, idiots. And that's kind of it. Uh, but then this end was Splinter saying something like, aha, I made a funny. I made another funny, yeah. I think that's after the credits. So I believe in the first yeah. movie, I believe the first movie end. I could be wrong, but I believe the first movie ends with Splinter saying something different, like, oh, I made a funny. And that's why in this movie says, oh, I made another funny. We've got that continuity between movies. Okay. <laughs> the continuity between movies. Oh, uh, man. Yes. Uh, this, this movie, I, I wouldn't call this a bad movie. You know, for a kid, it's probably a lot of fun. And yeah. Yeah. as a kid, I enjoyed it, certainly. I enjoyed the first one much more. As an adult, it's just it's weird. It's very shallow. And it's strange knowing now that there are humans in these turtle costumes. It's very strange just to watch them do things in this movie the turtle costumes i heard they're like sponges so they soaked up like 60 to 70 pounds of sweat which is disgusting but like they really couldn't breathe like you said they had like a hole in their mouth and that was really the only way they can get air in and out of it and so when they breathe the the mask was basically like capturing their carbon dioxide and they would get really tired and really faint and they would have to take their head off and take breaks and stuff like that and one of them was claustrophobic one of them had to keep the head off all the time until he was like actually ready to film because he just like would freak out i don't blame him that i mean these costumes look heavy and hot so i don't blame them another fun fact the actor portraying leonardo he needed to do some kind of like I don't know, handstand flip thing. And the mm. producers were concerned about him injuring himself, him being one of the stars. And so they, he assured them he could do it. They decided they would try to hire somebody to do it. They could not find anybody. And so eventually he got to do it himself. And he said that he really wanted to yeah. do it because he said, well, I'm the only, I can do this move better than anybody else. Obviously I wanted to be the best in the movie. I guess so. I did read that the, uh, the stuntman who played, I think it was Raphael or Donatello, uh, actually kept the head and went into stand-up comedy and uses the head in his comedy. That'd be bit. Donatello, Stephen Ho. Isn't that crazy? I think it's awesome. Well, now, like this movie, <laughs> it's a bad movie, but the only reason it exists was to sell more toys. I mean, the cartoon was in full force. They just they wanted to sell more toys as a merchandising monster cash grab. That's what this is. I mean, on that respect, I'm sure it succeeded. But even oh, as a, even as a I mean, kid, it didn't do as well. But yeah, even as a kid, like I remember liking the first one more, and that that's something I'm always going to yeah, come back to. That as a kid, I had superior taste, and I pride myself yeah. on that. Okay, you keep saying that. It's but true. I don't know. You really, I don't know. It's true. All right, so it got a six out of ten on IMDb and thirty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, let's see, it uh, came out in 1991. The estimated budget was $25 million. Opening weekend in the U.S. was $20 million-ish. I'm surprised it didn't do uh, more than that. Yeah, I mean, it didn't really do as well, basically, because it was so toned down and kid-friendly, and I think some people were disappointed in that. Well, yeah, but so. an opening weekend, like, nobody would have known ahead of time. Opening weekend, I would have thought it been huge. Oh, well, that's true. That's a good point. All right, well, that is our, that's our little blast from the past, our little nostalgia watch. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, after I watched this, I was like, you know what? We should have watched, like, Super Mario Brothers. Like, that would have probably been more entertaining for me. This one wasn't as very entertaining for me. It makes me want to watch the first so. one just to see how it compares. Like, because I remember liking the first one. I remember thinking the first one was a good movie. I'm curious 
How does it stand up? And obviously, it probably does stand up because, like I said, that's a pure taste. So I can't go wrong. Okay, here. yeah, you just keep saying that. All right, Ward. Um, any updates on your yard sale? Anything you want to plug? Anything like that? Yeah, it's a garage sale. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, selling lots of stuff, raking in lots of money. Uh, this past week was a little bit slower, but I'm still going, <laughs> still listening to things. Now I've moved out of the garage, going through toys, selling lots of toys right now. Great, excellent. I, I'm not selling anything right now. It's just I'm working and writing a novella, and that's about it. So if you want to see or hear more about us, you can go to boxofficerefund.com. You can go to at boxofficerefund on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, and we'll be back next week with our B-side, where we talk about movies that we actually like and wanted to see. And hopefully we're better than this And one. also, if you want to just email us, what's our email? At boxofficerefund.com. Do we have an email? Do we have an email? I feel like we have an email. Oh, we might We're definitely boxofficerefund box at gmail.com. Do we have one at... <laughs> at gmail. We at don't gmail. have one at, at boxofficerefund? No, we should. I don't think so. Somebody should get on Well, that. I mean... But anyway, <laughs> okay. if you're listening, just drop us an email. Just say hi. We'd appreciate it. Sometimes our yeah. inbox is lonely. We but- just want to... Somebody say hi. You don't even have to have an opinion. Opinions are great. We'll take them. Boxofficerefund at gmail.com. I know that one exists. All right. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Why don't I have a war at boxofficerefund.com? Okay, we gotta go. Box. Office. Refund. Box Office Refund Podcast. <laughs>